Everybody ready? Mm-hmm. Yep. Good evening and welcome to the Tuesday, September 12, 2023 Lawrence City Commission meeting. We will start the evening with an executive session and then when we come back, we'll go through the instructions and, and begin the regular meeting. So if I could have a motion. Move that we recess into executive session for approximately 30 minutes to discuss privileged legal communications from the city attorneys regarding the possibility of acquiring real property in the city pursuant to the exceptions under KSA 754319 subsection B6 for the preliminary discussion of real property. The justification for the executive session is to keep the possible terms and conditions of the property acquisition confidential at this time. The city commission will resume its regular meeting in the city commission room at approximately 5.33 p.m. after the executive session is concluded. Have a first. Second. Have a first and a second. All in favor? Aye. Opposed? It passes five to zero. We're in executive session for 30 minutes. We're back. Okay, we have nothing to report. We'll be back at 5.45. Goodness sakes. All kind of news. I'll do. All right. Ready to go? Let's do it. Good evening and welcome back to the Tuesday, September 12th, 2023 Lawrence City Commission meeting. We will begin our meeting with a few instructions from our city clerk, Sherry. Thank you, Mayor, and good evening, everyone. If you are attending this meeting via Zoom, please ensure you are muted and your video is off when you are not actively participating in the meeting. This allows the active meeting participants to be seen on screen. If you have any trouble, you can send a chat. All chats go directly to the meeting host. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel, <clears throat> excuse me, and cable channel 25. When the mayor calls for public comment, those attending in person should approach the podium to indicate they wish to speak. Those participating via Zoom should use the raise hand function to indicate they wish to speak. Please leave your virtual hand raised until you are called on. Participants will be called upon in the order they appear on the meeting host screen. Please state your name before speaking and all comments will be limited to three minutes. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Sherry. So we'll, we'll begin with item B. We've already done item one, which or item A, which is the executive session. So item B, which is approve the agenda. The city commission reserves the right to amend, supplement, or reorder the agenda during the meeting. Are there any city commissioners that would like to um, amend the agenda? Move to approve the agenda. Second. second. I have a first and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Passes five to zero. So we're on to our second part, our part C. Um, proclaim September 19th through November 8th, 2023 as Booktoberfest. Sorry about that. Do we have any? Well, I believe we've got um, Yay. Polly? You do, yeah. Yeah, please. Booktoberfest. 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 It's a mouthful. <laughs> but it's a lot. Um, well, I wanted to thank the commission so much um, for having me, and I wanted to take this opportunity to invite you and the community to Booktoberfest 
2023 celebrations. As you said, from September 19th to November 8th, um, we're transforming the solitary act of reading into a shared experience that celebrates our collective love for stories. Um, our lineup of events and programs is designed to connect fellow book enthusiasts. Uh, festivities kick off next Tuesday with the Booktoberfest and Dracula Daily launch party on the 19th um, from 7 to 9 at the Lawrence Art Center. Matt Kirkland will launch his eagerly anticipated book and share stories from the immensely popular Dracula Daily project. Uh, you'll be able to acquire the book, but you guys, I'm bringing you some today. Um, you'll be able to acquire the book and secure a copy of Bram Stoker's Dracula, um, our selected Booktoberfest community read title, while supplies last. Uh, if you didn't already register, I'm sorry, it's full, but we do have a waiting list. Um, so please get on the waiting list if you wanna come. People always drop off on the day of. Uh, we'll also have 20 titles for seven day checkout and both um, the ebook and the digital audiobook will be immediately available for all Laurentians to participate in the fun. Uh, for the rest of Booktoberfest, we'd like to have you join us for our celebration of Freedom to Read during Band Book Week, which is October 1st through 7th, uh, for screenings and discussions of the movies Blackula and Dracula's Daughter, uh, for our huge adults-only scavenger hunt in the library, Haunted Stacks, on October 20th, for visits from three best-selling authors, Alex Grecian, Jonathan Lethem, and Nathan Hill, for book club speed dating on November 1st, and for our final wrap-up on November 8th with Professor Giselle Anatole, and company as we sink our teeth into global vampire lore and offer some reflections on Dracula. Puns absolutely intended there. Um, the dates for the events will be on the bookmarks that I give you and the QR code in the back will take you to the Booktoberfest page um, so you can register for all the events. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm going to go ahead. I'll read the proclamation now. Whereas Booktoberfest Oktoberfest is Lawrence Public Library's biggest event of the year for adult readers. Brought together by a shared love of books and stories, we will celebrate with eight weeks of events, including a book, a book the community is invited to read and together. Now in its third year, Booktoberfest events commence on September 19th and will close on November 8th. And whereas in 2023, Booktoberfest features a community read for all adults, the classic novel Dracula by Bram Stoker. Dracula, will, will, while residing in the horror genre, um, genre, has within its gothic heart themes of identity and, and foreignness, gender and sexuality, modernization, light versus dark, religion, madness, and monastery. Mon mon I'm sorry about that, and more. And whereas together with the Lawrence Public Library Friends and Foundation, the University of Kansas Libraries and the Raven Bookstore, Lawrence Public Library will host activities around Lawrence and at the library in Lawrence that celebrate and promote adult reading and whereas the Lawrence Public Library encourages the pursuit of a community coming together around a shared love of reading and a shared book with a commitment to exploring the themes and concepts through entertaining, thought-provoking, and conversation-starting programs. Now, therefore, I, Lisa Larson, Mayor of the City of Lawrence, Kansas, do hereby proclaim September 19th through November 8th of 2023 as Booktoberfest. Thank you. Tongue tires. <laughs> All right, our next proclamation. I'll let Sherry pass those out. Our next proclamation is Constitution Week, and we have Marla Slaughter with the Betty Washington chapter of the NSDAR. Thank you, Madam Mayor and Commission members. This year, we celebrate the 68th anniversary of Constitution Week. The Daughters of the American Revolution initiated the commemoration of Constitution Week in 1955 when our organization petitioned Congress to dedicate September 17th to the 23rd in commemoration of Constitution Week. Congress adopted the resolution and on August 2nd, 1956, Public Law 915 was signed into law by President Dwight D. Eisenhower. We encourage everyone to join us in celebrating this powerful document that is so important to American history and its citizens, past, present, and future. 
Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much, Marla. I'll read the proclamation. Whereas September 17th, 2023 marks the 236th anniversary of the drafting of the Constitution of the United States of America by the Constitu Constitutional Convention, and whereas it is fitting and proper to accord official recognition to this magnificent document and to the patriotic celebrations which will commemorate it. And whereas Public Law 915 guarantees the issuing of a proclamation each year by the President of the United States of America designating September 17th through 23rd as Constitution Week. Now, therefore, I, Lisa Larson, Mayor of the City of Lawrence, do hereby proclaim the week of September 17th through the 23rd, 2023, as Constitution Week. And with the Betty Washington Chapter of the National Society of, of Daughters of the American Revolution in celebration of Constitution Week, urge all citizens to study the Constitution and reflect on the privileges, privilege of being an American with all the rights and the responsibilities that privilege involves. Thank you. Thank you. May real quick, I would add that the uh, Douglas County Bar Association is doing a reading of the Constitution tomorrow in Division 6, starting at 10 o'clock. They're going to read the entire Constitution. It will be streamed on the uh, the judicial page website, and of course you can come in person. And so anyone who wants to come up, if you get there between, by 9.45 you can sign up and then you get to read a portion of the Constitution. And as many people as we get to sign up, I mean, there's several people, obviously people signed up in advance, but everyone's welcome. Um, 9.45-ish, Division 6 tomorrow in, in Douglas County District Court. Thank you for that, Commissioner. All right, we'll be, we're on to item D, which is public comment. The public is allowed to speak on issues or items that are not scheduled for discussion on the agenda. Comments should be limited to issues and items germane to the business of the governing body. The commission will not discuss or debate these items, nor will the commission make decisions on items presented during this time. Each person will be limited to three minutes. Do we have any general public comment? Hi, I'm Amy Buffman. I heard through the grapevine that we're getting another pandemic. So let me go ahead, let me get ahead of the curve and be clear. You will not be mandating anything to me. Apparently there's some confusion on your part about the relationship we have. You work for me. I'm not your servant nor your slave. I will not be mandated to. I will not be forced to do anything against my will. You are my employee. Get it straight. I suggest that this time when you get the orders from your higher up from our higher-up employees, you know your bosses, you reject them. We aren't stupid, we know all this bullshit starts in these liberal Democrat cities. I look forward to seeing even more pushback this time around if you try any of that stupid overreach of your powers. In fact, I encourage it. I will not comply with these clowns ever again on the masks. I am in charge of my own health and I haven't forgotten all the damage you guys did to our children. Stand up people or you'll be on your knees begging to open your businesses again. Thank you. Other general public comment? Hi, my name's Karen Pagel Miners. I've lived in Lawrence for 30 years. Um, we are in active climate collapse. We ignore this reality at our peril and must act swiftly and decisively to hasten a transition away from fossil fuels to renewable energy. Um, I don't really do math very well, and it's hard for me to envision emissions. Um, so uh, I looked up at the EIA, the Energy Information Administration, um, the numbers for the Lawrence Energy Center. It is, and it's, this is for 2021, that's the newest information that I could get that they had online. Uh, the Lawrence Energy Center emitted 2.25 million tons of CO2, carbon dioxide, for 2021. So, I don't know, what does that mean? I can't really visualize that. So, I can do basic math though, and that ends up being 4.28 tons of carbon dioxide per minute, per minute. So, that still doesn't really tell me you know, it's like, okay, sure, tons, whatever. Um, so 
I looked up at, uh, uh, on EPA's greenhouse gas equivalencies calculator um, that 4.28 tons uh, would be equivalent to carbon sequestered by 64 tree saplings grown for 10 years. So that kind of makes sense, right? One minute of CO2 emissions from the uh, Lawrence Energy Center and its you know, to counteract that, to balance that out. It's uh, 10 years, we needed to plant 64 trees 10 minutes ago, and I've talked for one minute, so we need another 64 trees 10 minutes ago, or 10 years ago. Um, so, uh, it might be worth noting that the fossil fuel industry as a whole gets $11 million of subsidies per minute. So, if I'm reducing everything down to minutes. That's per minute. Um, on Friday, April 20th, 2021, Evergy announced that it would retire its coal power plant in Lawrence, the oldest in its fleet, by the end of 2023, and add 700 megawatts of solar energy by the end of 2024. And now uh, it looks like they want to keep the plant open until 2028 or even 29. That's four or five more years. And we can't plant enough trees you know, that we should have planted a decade ago to counteract that. So um, I just- Thank you, Karen. Thought At I'd three minutes, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Well, basic math. Other um, general public comment from the room? Hello, I'm Ty Hi. Gorman. I'm the uh, Beyond Coal representative for Kansas, for Sierra Club. And uh, just wanted to come in and give some context to the folks who are uh, gathered out front of City Hall here. And uh, a lot, lot, of, lot of folks out there with signs asking to shut down the coal plant here in Lawrence and uh, protect the health of our community, meet the clean energy goals here in Lawrence and uh, work uh, to lower energy prices and improve health by shutting down that plant. The Evergy rate case right now is asking for over $14 per month more from residential customers on average than, uh, than they have. You know, they're asking for that as a rate hike. The uh, biggest increase they've asked for. And at the same time, they are stopping the clean energy plans that they made, that they promised us that they would make uh, three years ago. The, in 2021, they said they would shut down Lawrence Coal in 2024, and they went put through that through the integrated resource plan process, and then the CEO unilaterally said, never mind, we're keeping it open four or five more years, and that kills more people. Lawrence Energy Center kills three people on average per year. Uh, according to the Tolfin Coal Report and other uh, uh, references that I've sent in the past. It also uh, causes hundreds of asthma attacks and causes uh, respiratory disease at levels much higher than that. So it's one of the least controlled, as far as environmental controls, coal plants in the region. And it's, uh, very, it's closer to a population center than uh, any of other Evergy's other plants. It's very old, it's falling apart, it needs to be shut down now. The uh, rate hike uh, side of this, if you, coal is a lot more expensive than clean energy. And if you replace coal with solar and storage, it lowers energy prices. Uh, the, there's analysis behind that that I've uh, gotten to email you in the past, but the, uh, the gas conversion uh, side of that would be even more expensive, uh, but going to clean energy reduces prices, especially with the Inflation Reduction Act incentives that are now available. The, uh, the, the capacity from Lawrence is not required. The Lawrence can shut down in 2024 the coal burning uh, without affecting their capacity requirements in the Southwest Power Pool or their reliability of the grid regionally. They had already planned to do it. They don't have uh, the, the they don't have uh, significant constraints to shutting down the coal plant from a reliability perspective, and uh, everybody out there, the the town and the media and folks want us to meet our clean energy goals. Everybody's making us pay more money for Time. clean energy. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Any other general public comment? Oh. My Hello, my name is Carol Cadu Blackwood. I am a longtime Lawrence resident. I am a sixth generation Kansan and an enrolled member of the Kickapoo Tribe in Kansas and affiliated with the Prairie Band Potawatomi Nation. But I, um, I am also a member of the Lawrence School Board, but I'm not coming here as a school board member. I'm coming here as an individual and an Evergy customer. And I don't want to repeat everything that everybody has said, but I urge this board, this, this, this commission today, to demand that Evergy stop burning coal. And as um, my colleague here, Ty, has said, people with asthma are suffering. I'm suffering. I, um, I, I'm, a long I'm a long hauler of COVID, and this has impacted me greatly. And so I ask you to take that into consideration with the rising rates, rising taxes. This, um, it will, the, the ones that will be most impacted by the inflation from Evergy will be our most marginalized and um, residents, especially those who are on fixed incomes. Thank you. Thank you. Switch. Bojo Osio, it's um, Osio. Hello, I am Georgia Blackwood. I am a member of the Kickapoo Tribe in Kansas and affiliated with the Prairie Band Potawatomi Tribe in Kansas and the Oklahoma uh, Cherokee Nation. Well, rice, uh, rising price rates are important, but we have to think about the future. And is this the future we want to have with the heat dome of, you know? heat warnings where we can't even walk outside for too long. Is this the future we want to have? This is not livable and this is not sustainable. And coal mining, did they disproportionately affect the poor and the marginalized? And if we want to talk about change and progress for the poor and the marginalized, how are we going to do that if we keep allowing coal to burn? Thank you. Miigwech. Thank you. Any other general public comment from the audience? Hello, my name is David Baston. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, I spoke last week on the budget and the CIP, and uh, 29 seconds has gone off the recording, which I, I think they're working on it now, so I just was bringing that up. Um, let's see. Sorry, I deleted a bunch of this stuff. Um, I know last week... Um, Ms. Sellers uh, was referring to the state as be, uh, making you guys out to be the boogeyman as far as uh, the revenue neutral rate exceeding uh, and then having the public notified. And uh, I, I understand uh, you thinking that way, but for me, it was more like it's giving the, pu the public a chance to come in here and see how uh, you guys spend the money and what everything, uh, you know, how everything works. And I mean, maybe the public doesn't even know that they can view these things. So I think the the public notification on that in that aspect is good. So I was just bringing that up. Uh, and I, I know I've spoke here several times in the last uh, couple months or so. Uh, just trying to give us a few examples how we could lower our budget or um, just cut back on some of the spending. Uh, was um, Basically, I was looking for a response as I'm, I, I think, I, I don't think anybody actually uh, said that maybe we could look at our departments, except for the mayor mentioned that from going forward that we would be. Uh, that'd be something that we could do, but nobody else ever acknowledged that maybe we do need to look at our departments and see uh, if there is something that we could save anywhere. Uh, and I know I brought up a few things, but I mean, there's lots of things that we could actually look at. I mean, I know we're doing a lot of work on the streets um, with putting new asphalt down, doing a bunch of patching asphalts, but I mean, anybody that knows anything about street work you have to fill all the cracks 
whether it's in concrete, asphalt, asphalt, the one of the things that makes it fail is water. And if you have cracks getting down in there, there's, I drove all over town, there's cracks in the asphalt everywhere. I don't know if we have uh, Craftco machines to go out and fill all them. And one other thing is, I think we actually need more city employees uh, to do a lot of the work around, uh, around here that we're paying all these other companies to do. Uh, I mean, there's just tons of money that could be saved if we can just, not stick with just being so firm on looking at what we're already Time. doing. So. Thank you. Thank you. Any other general public comment? If not, we'll go to Zoom. Lawrence Accountability. Michael Arave. Let's go on to Chris Flowers. Okay, Chris Flowers. Hi, this is uh, Chris Flowers. And I just wanted to comment about Constitution Week. Um, I guess, uh, well, I, I don't guess, but freedom of religion is one of our constitutional rights. And I just want to throw this something out for you to think about. Um, out in California, I believe there are a couple of groups, I think, that are suing for, um, for the government to recognize uh, magic mushrooms as a religious right, basically. And I want you all to think about that, because if people are using magic mushrooms to gain spiritual enlightenment, then do some of us really have religious freedom if we get thrown in jail if the cops catch us with it? So maybe I, 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 I'm serious. I, I want y'all to seriously consider thinking about if there's a way to add uh, some kind of exception to the law, you know, if you have magic mushrooms, but it's for religious purposes that the city would be okay with it and recognize a religious right to magic mushrooms. Thank you. Thank you. Other public comment right. on Zoom? Hey. You can go ahead. Yeah, who is, who is you? Are you guys talking to me? Yeah, Michael, Michael Robbie, Lawrence Accountability, you're on. Yeah. So what is it with, uh, am I the only person in town that doesn't get any kind of a notification that I'm on mute? You just freaking skip me? Is that another area of bias with you, Mayor? I really want to know. Anybody else that's on mute, you always tell them that they're on mute. How about we visit that real quick? Why wouldn't you say something, hey, you're on mute or something, but you just skip me? Is that another level of the bias in this town that you express? No? Nothing on that? Michael, are you finished? He's finished. No, I'm not. You guys kicked me out of the damn room, and I'm having problems with this damn trying to figure out Zoom. But I want to tell you this: Courtney Shipley is a damn liar. Excuse me. And that—that's what's going on. Michael, you're out of order. You dress the body, and you're, this is your warning. Your city commissioner lied to Craig Owens about actions in the parking lot out here, so that he. Michael, you're done. Sherry. Out of. Okay. Do you want? him removed from the meeting or just muted mayor no yeah that's fine okay actually we should uh, we've done it before we've um cut him off because he's kicked out of the meeting yeah so go ahead and get him off okay. any other public comment on zoom God, screw you mayor i'm working on it go ahead and get Any other public? Great start to Constitution Week. 
Any other public comment on Zoom? <laughs> if not, Sherry? Uh, no, Mayor. Sorry. Okay. I'm making sure I had that. Yeah. If not, we'll bring it back to the commission. And we're on to item E, which is the consent agenda. Items on the consent agenda are considered under one motion and approved by one motion. There will be no separate discussion on these items. If discussion is desired, that item will be removed from the consent agenda by a member of the governing body and considered separately. Members of the public wishing to speak on an item that has been removed from the consent agenda will be limited to three minutes for comments. Are there any commissioners that would like to have any items removed for further discussion? If not, then I would ask for a motion. And, and Mayor, there was an- Oh, there is one. You're right. I'm sorry. Late update, and I apologize for that, but there is one item that the- Is there any commissioner that would like to have the quasi-judicial item removed? Is there anybody from the general public that would like to have that item removed for further discussion? If they're not, come, we'll bring it back to the commission for a vote. Move for approval of the consent agenda. Second. The first and the second, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Passes five to zero. And for the quasi-judicial item? Don't think. And that's included because you opened that up for the public already. Okay, so it's all under one motion. We're good? Yep. Okay, then we're on. Thank you very much. I'm still getting used to that. Um, item G, regular agenda items. We have one, which is to receive an update on records management system and code management projects. Sherry Riedemann, City Clerk, uh, Mayor and Commission, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to discuss a couple of projects that we're um, excited about. Um, implementation of a new document management system and a new code management software. Uh, both of these projects align with the city's efficient and effective processes commitment by assisting staff in providing consistent and trustworthy delivery of city services. So this first project, um, the city clerk's office is currently working on with the IT department. Um, we're implementing a new document management system, and this is to replace our current aging system. Um, it will, um, address our long-term needs citywide and also address some of the security concerns that we have with our existing system. Uh, the system that was chosen is Laserfish. Um, Brian Thomas with um, our IT director is online if there are, so he's available to answer questions as well. And I'm just gonna um, provide some of the high points of the system and the benefits um, that, that it's bringing to the city. Um, so um, in terms of efficiency, uh, the system will integrate with Microsoft 365 and DocuSign, which are both um, systems that the city uses. Um, this means that documents can be created and routed for review and signatures. Um, right now, we still have a lot of uh, physical routing of documents, so this will really increase um, our efficiency and also help us move towards a paperless environment. Um, it also can perform um, and save granular searches across a wide set of attributes for ease and quick content retrieval. Um, this means that we will have a quicker response to internal and external records requests. Uh, we'll be able to import electronic files in bulk or on a set schedule. Um, again, this efficiently moves records from current locations to make them more accessible. We'll also be able to capture documents through a mobile devices camera, um, which will assist our staff, our field staff, because we have quite a few folks who work out in the field. 
um, we'll be able to share content with external users. Um, the initial implementation in phase one, we won't have that um, external portal for the public, but it will be in phase two to where we'll have a lot more documents of the city that are open records that um, our residents can access themselves. And it also allows um, us to store previous versions of documents, just allowing us to revert, revert back to prior versions if needed and also review and access those so we have a history of the documents. Another high point for us is the security that the system allows. So we can set access rights by individuals, roles, or groups to control access. Um, we can also track user actions, such as creating, deleting, editing, um, it will have multi-factor authentication to strengthen user security. And um, we'll be able to redact images and or text. Um, this allows us to hide sensitive data from on unauthorized users. A lot of times with a records request, not all the information in one record is open. And so um, we currently do that, obviously, but it's a more manual process. So this will be able to be done right in the system. Uh, we can also apply a legal hold to specify content. This preserves all forms of relevant information and it also uh, halts retention policies to avoid accidental removal when litigation is possible because if there is any pending litigation, any records, even if they were, um, uh, if the retention schedule would, um, it, it just changes the retention schedule of a record if there's any type of litigation involved. Uh, and then in terms of records management, um, it will assist us in managing records uh, through creation, active use, and disposition based on compliance with our set retention schedules. Uh, this includes classifying, securing, storing, tracking, and destroying records as necessary. Um, and this reduces manual records related actions, which just kind of reduces that um, human error. So um, that's really the information that I have on the document management system. So before I move on to the next one, I just thought I'd pause to see if you all had any questions. Any questions? Just a couple questions, because I'm kind of a document management <laughs> nerd. I just, um, just curious, one, which departments, is this every city fire, I mean, is this fire, police, so, public works, planning? Uh, eventually. Okay. So we're really trying to move towards having one system that everyone's functioning on. It makes it easier for us to share records. Currently, we still have a lot of records in network folders, and so for accessibility, it's hard to share that information, but we would all have access. So for instance, we may have three copies of the same contract in different departments, and this has it in one place so we can all access it. Uh, right now, we're working primarily in our first phase with city clerk record, well those records that are on the current system that's aging out. And that's municipal court, city clerk, um, some, a few, one division of planning and development services. Um, but it also will mean um, that any time a department is considering a document management system, like this is the system we'll be using. So as their systems age out, they'll be transferring to this system. Yeah, certainly the, the more you can get on, the better efficiency right. you have. Curious, you talked about the mobile access. I know one of the new features coming out is mobile signatures. Like if you're on site, now I'm thinking planning or something, and you can hit the button and get a mobile signature. Is that a feature they have, LaserFish has? I believe that it does. Brian might be able to answer that question, but I know that it works with DocuSign, which we have that service, which I know has the mobile, so I would imagine so. But a lot of those yes. things are... Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, no, I just want to chime in. There is electronic signature with this, and it is a mobile accessible application. What I haven't confirmed here at this meeting, uh, Commissioner, is the fact signing from the mobile. I assume if it's working in the app as it would at the desktop, it's, it's going to allow for that. But just to double check, I will I will circle back with, with the vendor and make sure that is 100% uh, sure the case. And maybe a question for you as well, Brian. Document is this stored on site or is this a cloud based storage? This is a cloud based system, like most systems today. I assume so, but just wanted to check. Thank you. Yep. Any other questions?
Uh, so the other project that we're working on um, is municipal code online system, and we're working with the city attorney's office on this. Um, there's sort of two aspects to this project. The first one is codification um, or recodification. Our last um, codification was in 2018. Um, what's a little different about this is that um, uh, we're using Municode, which is a division of Civic Plus, is that um, we have an attorney specifically assigned to us and they have been spending the last several months doing a legal review, which is now complete. Um, in that, they identify and eliminate any conflicts, inconsistencies, and obsolete provisions um, in uh, connection with Kansas statutes. They, identify, they also identify and eliminate redundant, conflicting, or obsolete provisions. So we just had our meeting with um, with them last week, um, so sort of next steps on that. Um, I will say she was very impressed with our code and had a lot of good things to say. Other folks she's worked with have had a lot more um, major changes than we have, uh, but we do have some some conflicts and inconsistencies that we'll be addressing. Um, so now that we have all of that information from her, um, Deb Barnes in the city attorney's office is reviewing that. We're reaching out to departments on some language. And once we get our final okays on that, um, then um, she'll get those completed. It'll be sent to their editing and proofreading where they do detailed editing. They have a second um, version of that. So that's about three months. They also do, then we'll have 30 days to do our proof review, final updating, um, and then we'll get our ordinance here for you all to adopt uh, the ordinance that kind of codifies all of that. And then that timeline's about spring of 2024. That's when it'll be complete. And then with that, we're also using their online code hosting services. And uh, we're really excited about this because it's really going to make the city code a lot more accessible than it is currently. Um, it's there and it's um, at, on our website and it's great, but you we really don't have great, good search functionality. So um, some of the things uh, that this will do for us, um, it links newly adopted legislation to the affected section. So you can store, search, and link ordinances anywhere in the code. Each time the code is updated online, um, it keeps a permanent archive of the previous version created so we can see how the code has evolved. Uh, we will be using their quarterly supplementation service, which is essentially anything that's been adopted in that quarter will be codified every quarter. Um, we, it also has, like I mentioned, really great search capabilities where you can enter a keyword, a phrase. Um, you can do granular searches by using and or not um, to really just pull um, search results. Um, and it'll do like hit highlighting on all the references. Um, they have an extensive municipal code library, so any um, codes that they host, which includes 48 cities in Kansas and approximately 3,300 nationwide, will have access to and our residents will have access to. Um, there's a municipal law research tool that's designed for attorneys, planners, and clerks, and that allows users to search all the codes and ordinances in that municipal code library, um, which is great for code research, looking at comparable cities, um, ordinances, and best practices. I would have liked to sort of show shown you what that looks like, but... Um, I would either been linking to someone else's code <laughs> <laughs> or showing you an advertisement from Unicode. So, so I have a question um, on the code part of it. Mm -hmm. um, you, you'd indicated it's for attorneys. Is that only for attorneys to look up or anybody can? Anybody can. Okay. It's just um, anyone can use that function. Okay. Great. And how many cities are under um, Unicode? I mean, there's a lot. I struggled to find a definitive number. <laughs> Hundreds or thousands. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'd say we're an outlier, especially for our size, that we don't have the search capability. So um, I, I've, I'm very excited about this. I know 
not everybody gets excited about code stuff, mm -hmm. but for those that do pay attention to what we do here and the laws that we have that affect everybody and that want to do that research and want to want to self-serve and, and, and engage in their government, this is going to be so much better than what we have. So Sherry and I have been celebrating behind the scenes <laughs> and I just really, I'm glad that she's putting it out there because there's a lot of work to get into this into this range. Yeah, this is this is really great news because I do a lot of reading just trying to find that one code or those that one area. So I'm sure everybody else does too. So this is great news. Good. And I'll add, even just if you're moving here as a new resident and you want to just search, you know, dog, animal, chicken, mm -hmm. it'll pull up every reference in there so you can eat a lot It'll be much easier to find those things that um, that you need to comply with or you want to understand. And, and obviously, we're always happy to provide that, but there are a lot of folks out there that would prefer to just access it themselves yeah. on their time after 5 o'clock. <laughs> after 5 o'clock, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Any questions? or? I would just echo that muni code is used a lot. I, I use it in, in the legal world a lot, and most cities are like the, I mean, most Kansas cities use it. Many, many do, of any size. So, and, and it's very user-friendly. Oh. Now, Sherry, will, with the integration to Civic Plus and using Minicode, will that allow for any regulatory reference? So if there's an ordinance that has any referencing regulation to it, so anything with parks or with planning and development, if there's a city regulation, will it have the ability to reference that or take a person to that if there is a regulation that's associated with that code? You're saying regulation outside of the city code? Yes. I don't think, I don't think so. Okay. Um, we would have to build that in, and I just don't know other cities um, do. I bet they would have some kind of a, an ability to do that, but um, administrative rules and regulations change more rapidly. Right. And so um, it's, it's an interesting point, but most of the stuff that we have would be um, associated with code. Right. And I would say they do have some document, um, some level of ability to upload documents. It's just a matter of um, whether that's a service we would want to use in the future. So maybe that would be an opportunity, but it's not part of our current um, agreement with them. Okay. I, if, I, if you don't mind, on, on that point, so that's another side, project that we're kind of working on um, is trying to compile all of our departmental and administrative regulations in one format, in one place. Um, departments have all of their own, but they're in very different um, states of organization, and there isn't necessarily any uh, common code or nomen nomenclature or way to reference them or to know where, just like code. Um, and so we are working on that as a, as a separate project, Sherry, and uh, one of our interns actually is working on that project. So all of these things will just come into being able to find and reference things uh, so much easier. And just make them, on, you know, accessible to the public without, so that they're on our website or they're through one of, through one of these systems that we have, and and easy to find. Yeah, that's great. I had a question. Does would this include the ability to search agendas? That would be separate. So we have agenda management software, and I believe that, and I I may not be right about this, but I believe that Civic Plus did purchase iCompass who we're using so there we'll be looking at in the future some level of um, how those might be able to work together to kind of to increase that as mm -hmm. well so we have that now to do search we have iCompass and you can search in that we have the iCompass software so you can do a search in document center and it should pull up any minutes or agendas so I mean I'd be happy to schedule um, some training on that for you yeah. all. I know we did it a long time ago when we first implemented it, but it might be a good touch point for all of you just on use of the agenda management software. Yeah, thank you. For sure. That. Any other questions for Sherry? So Sherry, real, just real quick, because for document management, so example, and I could be fishing here a bit, so at code enforcement, if there was someone out doing an inspection and they were doing it on site, putting it into the, their system, does that then feed, will that feed into that or will there be some type of 
API key that houses that information? Because I know you said this is first for the clerks, but at some point will that be a part of a phase that there will be a feed into that? Yes, I'll let Brian also um, kind of respond to this, but ultimately um, there's always going to be certain systems that records are created in mm -hmm. that it makes more sense for that record to maintain there. Okay. But um, so if there's, for instance, we're implementing licensing software, we won't be transferring that data into our document management system okay. because it doesn't, so so it just, it, it depends. Okay. okay. Any other questions? If not, we'll open it up to public comment. I'm gonna sit down for that. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much, Sherry. Mm -hmm. Just stop sharing real quick. Good. Okay, thank you, Kurt. <laughs> All right, we'll take public comment on this item at this point. Any? Come on in. David Bassett, uh, that sounds great. All of the stuff you're using on there. The only thing and all that I had a slight concern with was uh, totally cloud-based uh, retention of the of the uh, all of our information. So I don't know why if you've even checked into uh, having a physical storage also just for a backup. Thanks. Thank you. Can anybody address that? Sherry or Brian? Do you want us yes. to do that now or wait until we see if we have other questions? Yeah, other questions, I'm sorry. Yes, Just you're right. easier for me to... I'll yep, I get that. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Any other public comment from the room? If not, we'll go to Zoom. Uh, it doesn't look like there's any other public comment, Mayor. All right, bring it back to the commission and, and if you could give us an idea of, of Mr. Gaston's um, question. Absolutely. Good evening, Mayor. This is Brian Thomas, Technology Director for the City of Lawrence. Um, yes, as most cloud systems today, they have to be at a certain level of certification, typically um, ISO certified, but in a lot of cases now for government work, it's called being FedRAMP certified. And all these cloud providers that we use, we use multiple for different services and software, uh, and those are certainly certified uh, to the highest level or highest standards for government uh, storage of government data. Thank you. Okay, bring it back to the commission. On to item number, we're off to item G. No, I'm sorry, item H. Are we Any other comments on that? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, any other <laughs> comments? Thank you. <laughs> I can stand back up there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, uh, thank you all for your presentation. Yeah, I'm, this is a great move forward as we continue to, you know, do these types of projects and bring them on board. It's just going to make our ability to um, be more transparent in the community because they'll be able to search. I think that's great versus having to hunt and peck, which there's a lot of that going on right now. Um, so I really appreciate the work, Sherry. Thank you. Thank you. Any other comments? All right. Now we'll move on. Thank you. Um, to item H, which is the commission items. Any commission items? Mayor, this is Commissioner Sellers. I have a couple of items. I know under, and my, my energy drink is not kicking in. <laughs> um, under safe and secure, I know it was about, it's been almost two years. We started a process where we were reviewing certain ticketing laws or we were looking at maybe low level offenses and whatnot and that at the first conversation we were waiting until the new police chief got acclimated and then we were wanting to wait until the new fire chief got acclimated so just wanted to see if we could get a city manager's update on where that work lies where we're at so I know there was an initial I don't want to say list but there and this predates 
me on the commission, but there was a, an initial list shared with the commissioners at that time, but there hasn't been any work since then, or at least not to my knowledge. So just wanted to see if we can get an update on, on that work and where it's at. Yes. Okay. And then my second request, um, wanted to see if we could have, um, I would say, not necessarily a presentation. Um, we can start with a report. Um, several of our municipalities in our area are doing their versions of the Homestead Act on a municipal level. Um, most recently, City of Topeka um, passed their version, which is essentially providing a property tax relief for seniors and some municipalities is for vets. And so just wanted to see, based on some of the area municipalities, how they're operationalizing their property tax program or their homestead um, tax relief program for seniors, what that would look like for our community and have a report back maybe in the next 60 days or so. So not a high priority, but something that maybe before the end of the year we can get a snapshot of what something like that could potentially look like in our community. Okay. We'll do the best we can. Um, yeah. We can start there. That's all I have. Thank you. Any other thoughts on that everybody was okay with that? I'm fine. That sounds good. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, I did see that. I like yeah. the home. Yeah, the Homestead Act. I was. I've not seen that. Yeah. Um, any other commission items? If not, we'll, we'll move on to the city manager's report. Uh, thank you. There are four items in there. Um, we're updating on uh, some questions that w uh, we were asked about uh, amendments to Chapter 10. Um, so there's an update memo on that. Uh, update on our police department accreditation progress. So we're at a critical stage and moving forward uh, according to plan on that one. So that's very exciting. And also the um, CJCC uh, worked on uh, the police uh, stop data from 22 and there was a report on that and it was discussed at CJCC. So we're updating you on that as well. And then future agenda items. Okay. Any Questions for Craig on any of those? Um, no? Okay. Uh, this is a public uh, comment item, so I'll open it up to the audience for public comment. Any public comments on this, on the city manager's report? If not, we'll go to Zoom. Chris Flowers. Yeah, uh, this is Chris Flowers. Um, I just w was looking at the future agenda items. I'd want to comment on December 5th, looks like is the con conduct election of mayor and the vice mayor. I was just wondering, have you all thought about this now that we've changed how the elections work and third place no longer gets only two years? Because now third place would completely be screwed when it comes to the mayor because I mean, before they'd get, in two years, they'd get a chance to run again. So I, I'm just thinking, I'm challenging y'all again, like I've done the past couple of years, to actually consider who'd be the best mayor. And I'd just like to say this, that tonight, I don't think the mayor, our current mayor, I think she messed up. And you all should be thinking about this because Michael did not address a single commissioner. He was telling a story about a single commissioner, which is should be allowed by the rules. So if you have a mayor who, if this isn't the first time, she's kind of miss, miss, um, misread the, the rules or whatever. So y'all should be actually having a conversation now that you're being anal about the rules, about which one of y'all can actually implement the rules in your new anal man manner without, you know, violating them. Thank you. Any other um, comment on Zoom? Uh, no other comments, Mayor. All right, bring it back to the commission. Review the any comments from the commissioners on this? Um, I was just going to add real quick. I was I heard it on, I think it was last week on NPR. Um, we got a shout out about our national the national program for fix it tickets and how we're um, initializing the vouchers for that. So, um, as someone that has experienced being profiled for fix it tickets 
I'm glad that we are taking a very proactive approach to not criminalizing or creating a criminalizing um, atmosphere in that. So I'm glad that we're doing that program. So thanks, Chief. Thank you. Thanks for pointing that out. That's good. Um, I did want to maybe ask or follow up on number one, the amendments to chapter 10. Um, I don't, I, I see some follow up and recommendations, but I don't necessarily see um, a timeline. Um, just want to be sure I keep it on my radar. This is Randy Larkin, uh, Deputy City Attorney. Uh, that's we're looking for some little bit of direction or, or what time you would want how much public engagement we would want to do that's all going to dictate how long this is going to take also we are kind of busy at the current time mm -hmm. but you know we can always work it in and so um, when would you like to see this back and we'll do what we can well, a complete rewrite of chapter 10, a sentence that uh, <laughs> I loved but also scared me. Um, uh, that doesn't sound like something I'm going to hear by December, for example. Um, That's going to that be staff, year, Has right? staff talked about what a reasonable, uh, a rational possibility for that would be? Oh, for Sorry. the for the rewrite, that's gonna that's gonna be a significant <laughs> project. That would be next year or the yeah. or somewhere around that late I, next year. I I do want people to know that we care about it. I do want people to know that we're looking at it. I, I and I know that it's not it's it's not immediate, but I I do want to uh, be sure. It's, I feel that we've given direction in the past that this it was, is important yeah, to I, us. I, I yeah, remember. And I, and I just I, I but I also don't want to be irrational. <laughs> You know, there's part of the question is, do you want us to roll that this into that new portion or what we can roll into it? Or do you want to do something separately now and then the rewrite will come later? That's kind of the direction that we were looking for regarding that portion of it, because the rewrite's going to be comprehensive and it's going to take a while. And that, you know, we have the committee that's working on, on the boards and that's going to precipitate some of that going forward. Uh, but that'll take a while. Um, and, you know, we can included in that we can do something short term you know as a stopgap and then that would be rolled into the new code um, you know so anyway that's kind of the direction we were looking for so have we given direction I just don't recall to do a whole rewrite of chapter 10 I don't recall but um, I don't know I thought that was part of part of the plan coming out of one of the committees or something at least I've heard some discussion that there was probably be some type of rewrite of chapter 10 going forward and, and I know that's not gonna we're not starting that now but probably in next year is, was some type of project that would be involved with that so mayor when I was chair of the human relations commission that was one of the things that we talked about in our chapter 10 subgroup was that at some point there would need to be a a review similar to what was done with development code that there would need to be a review of the chapter 10 code and we were we had made that commitment in, in honor of the 60th anniversary of of chapter 10 so and yeah. I think if, you know, if there's a combination of certain boards if you know I think we're going to mm -hmm. combine some boards and if that's going to happen there's going to have to be a rewrite of chapter 10 just to make that happen so okay so that would come before I mean if we merging if we're going to be merging some of these boards i don't know right um so that would come back to us and say this is what we want we do want them to to pursue rewriting it would that involve hiring a consultant at this point in time i don't anticipate that would be the case i think it okay. would come out of our office um but then again that could be the call for the city commission. great thank you thank you anything I guess my preference always is the more we can do it once, the better. Piecemealing it is not no. usually very useful. And so I would not be in any rush to, you know, because once you, once you try to open the door on something, people want to talk about the other things. And I mean, I'd rather do as, put it together as much as possible. And we have a good sequence of that, seeing that I left this work in March with the state. Um, the onesie twosies gets a little bit reductive. And so when you're able to open it up, 
then you're a, you're able to do more than you can at, at once, and especially with our Chapter 10. And what I know that there's been some previous discussions from with the Human Relations Commission to bring back some other things as it relates to some of the source of income work that they've done. So I think the normal, the progression that we have in timeline we have with the review of boards and commissions and what that's going to entail to us that we just might as well wait till after that's gone through to just do, just to open it up completely and to almost follow a regulatory, we call it a promulgation process that allows you to build in that public comment, that public engagement piece, that will definitely be beneficial. I mean, it'll be instrumental to this work, but it'll even be beneficial from an education component. Okay. Anything else on city manager's report? Okay, we'll move on to uh, commission calendar. Anything on the calendar we wanna highlight or need to change? No. Um. I will I will not be here next week. I'll be attending a conference in DC, so you can borrow my seat as long as you get it back. Don't mess done. it up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anybody else? If not. And you're not gonna attend at all? No. I'll I'll be at a, I'll have a time difference that puts me at an event at a as a at a disadvantage. So Okay. Thank you. Okay. Any nothing else on the calendar? Move on to adjournment. So moved. Second. Got a first and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Passes. Five to zero. Another record.